What's going on guys, your boy Elroy here and welcome back to the Your Boy Elroy MMA Podcast. Whoa, it's been a long few weeks since the UFC has been off, but guess what guys, we're back eight days full, three cards, two of them that we'll talk about today. Man, I'm pumped, I really, really missed live mixed martial arts and you can only watch so many reruns, especially like with the uh, with the review show of the year. You know, um, I enjoyed the hell out of that looking back at the year, but I crave something new. And here we go. January is starting off fantastic. But first, before we get into the news and the previews for the card, do me a favor, head to whatever podcast platform you're using five-star ratings and reviews for this podcast so more people can discover it. Um, I love doing this. I want more people to hear it because I think that we do very well in covering it. Excuse me. So yes, five-star ratings and reviews, whether it be Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Let your friends know that you listen to YBE MMA. Another thing, teespring.com slash stores slash YBE MMA podcast. Check that out. We got some good gear there. All right. Biggest news of the week. The huge interview from Dana White and Brett Akimoto. Something that I always look forward to, especially at the beginnings of the year, because I think that they really set the tone for the year. You know, it's it's very telling the things he says and what his focus is for the year. I think that this one started off with the same focus as last year. If you go back to January, if you remember, there was a Conor McGregor fight in January. It seems like Dana White is very into the fact of Conor McGregor fighting many times this year. Uh, across many interviews, he has already stated, you know, if Connor goes out and wins this fight next Saturday, that his next fight will be for a title. And then he expects if he wins that fight for him to defend that title later on in the year. Now, <clears throat> sounds all good, but let's remember that last year was supposed to be his season. And he had one fight, it was 40 seconds against Donald Cerrone. And then we had a pandemic. But that didn't deter a lot of the other talents from fighting. So I don't think that that's a fair excuse. One of the big things and the big talking points about this next eight-day stretch is the fact that the UFC will have fans in attendance. Now, there's a lot of numbers going around. Me, personally, I expect there to be about 2,000 to 2,500 people in that building. I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but there's spreading everybody out it's kind of like um if you guys are wrestling fans AEW does this thing they call them pods where say if me and my wife went to the show me and her would sit together there'd be a few seats in between us and in the I believe that it's like a pyramid thing so in between those seats you know like a checkerboard you can only sit in the black not the red does that make sense I think that that's how they set it up, you know, depending on how big your pot is. Sorry, the peas really, you know, accentuated there. But yeah, 2,500 people at the most in my head, plexiglass, 
around where any of the fighters would be. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I've seen many shows in Saudi Arabia since I am a wrestling fan. Um, obviously, Khabib's a huge star there, so you can't really compare it to if Khabib was fighting. It's not really fair. He is humongous there, and I don't know if there's anybody that big there. I'm not sure how the fans over there look at Connor since they are such big Khabib fans. So it's going to be interesting. Like, is it going to matter? Is this something that I miss? I guess we'll have to find out this Saturday. Um, another fun topic that I, that I thought was really funny was a reply from Dana to a fan when Dana posted the video of the Connor Poirier like hype video. The fan commented and said he can't wait to pirate the F out of it and then said, like, thank you or something. Dana said he has something for you MFers so in this year. So it seems like the UFC is going to try to attack piracy. Um, Dana White, in a later interview on the Mac Life, even confirmed it's not like you can completely take these guys out but they're trying trying to go out after the big guys you know we all know that story from a year or two ago when Brendan Schaub kind of got the MMA streams reddit pulled down uh, because his platform is so big and him bringing it up you know they really got to take that one down um, but if you look back at the history a lot of these streamers you know they don't they don't get prosecuted and chances are that they just come back with different names. <laughs> so they're going to try to attack piracy. Um, it's not something that I'm worried about, you know, because there's always something. Somebody always finds a way. And uh, good luck to the UFC on that because it's not going to be an easy task. And then, of course, my favorite topic that he brought up, you guys all know if you've listened to this show for at least a year, uh, or the beginning, it doesn't matter. I've always been this guy. I am a Diaz Brothers fan, okay? I stand Nate Diaz. He could do no wrong in my book. He's so much fun to watch, and everything leading up to him fighting is so much fun to watch. Let's be honest. No matter what you think of his character, especially now when you look back, who are you more of a fan of? And I'm talking to Ron Pashery. Who are you more of a fan of? Jorge Masvidal or Nate Diaz. I'd love to hear what you have to say, but they're working on a fight for Nate Diaz for his return to lightweight. Um, that was something that I was excited about. I like the idea of him going back to lightweight because I think that he can contend at lightweight. Now, when you go to the rankings, me personally, I look at it and I say, oh, Maybe it's Tony Ferguson. But Dana didn't seem like that's what it was. Um, so just for me, the fun fight would be Paul Felder. I am a Philly boy. Obviously, there's a bias there for me to want to see Paul Felder get that big money fight. But that's a fantastic fight. You know, obviously, there's a lot of fun fights he can fight. Benio Dariush, he could fight Gregor Gillespie, but is that going to make Nate Diaz get out of bed? Probably not. You know how he has that thing, real fighters only, which I love. Um, I think that 
Paul Felder would be a great fight for him in his return to lightweight. It'd be a dog fight. Uh, both got good hands, both good on the ground. Obviously, Nate Diaz is better in jiu-jitsu. Um, and Paul Felder probably has way better Muay Thai striking, but then Nate Diaz has better boxing. So I think that that's an enticing fight for Nate Diaz for his return to lightweight. Um, Gregor Gillespie, cool. I can't wait to see him, but I'm not the one that they need to entice. Nate Diaz is the one that they have to get through. Uh, another quick note from that interview, obviously, we all know about the famous, you know, quote-unquote, interview between Dana White and Khabib. Uh, Dana White saying, this is a quick conversation. Five minutes. Do you want to fight or not? If he says no, he has no reason to press him because we know how Dana feels about retirement. He says, if you think you should retire, you should retire. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Khabib says. Obviously, I would love to see Khabib compete, but I think that his wish from his mom for him not to compete is gospel to him. So I don't see him coming back. That's as much as we could cover from the Dana White interview. It was about 30 minutes. At least the one with Brett was. There was uh, three or four other ones that came out from other platforms. You could check those out as well. Recycling a lot of the stuff, but I like to see his answers throughout different interviews. Let's talk about some fight announcements. Obviously, the year is starting off hot. This week, three cards. Uh, last week, we ended off with Pedro Munoz versus Jimmy Rivera, too. This week, we continue in that same division, Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling. We have Bilal Mohammed versus Diego Lima. Marab Divashwili against Cody Stamen. Kai Carr France has his next fight against Rodrigo Bonterin. Then we move on to the rebooking of Leon Edwards against Hamzat Shemaev. Then we have a fire matchup, probably my favorite fight that has been announced this week. Jarzinho Rosenstruck against Surreal Gain. We have Jillian Robertson against Miranda Maverick. And then another great fight, Dan Ige versus Ryan Hall. Congratulations to Ryan Hall for finally getting that elusive fight. Nobody wants to fight Ryan Hall. Hey, there you go. Dan Ige against Ryan Hall. I could only expect that in the next few weeks, we're going to get a ton of fight announcements to really set up this first quarter. It seems like the fights that are announced are starting to creep up into March. So throughout March and April, we should start hearing more about ASAP. But a lot of fun title fights coming up as well as a ton of great matchups starting this weekend UFC on ABC now I have yet to bring up this whole thing about UFC finally coming to broadcast television it's been a long time they haven't done it since Fox which was a few years back I'll just say that but um Let's talk about the importance of ABC in the grand scheme of things. So I would like to relate this to the WWE. The WWE is on broadcast television now. They've been on that for about a year with Fox and SmackDown. Now, 
everybody's excited about this ABC deal, but the truth is once that first card happens, that first card, which is this weekend, Holloway versus Cater, is going to do a monster number, like a fantastic number. It's bright and early. I think that they're going to do great. But I think that any card ran on ABC after that isn't going to do as good. We see that. So what happened with SmackDown, where they went from one number, and now they're kind of middle of the pack. There's nothing that separates them from any other channel. There's way more viewers, and they're pulling the same exact numbers that they would have on a lesser channel. So obviously, that has to do with the product. If the UFC can come out swinging this weekend, they should be able to prove me wrong, because this main event is fantastic. But let's start off in the prelims with the headliner. Philip Hawes is fighting at middleweight against Nasruddin Imovov. So that should be a good fight. I'm looking forward to seeing more of Philip Hawes. Uh, if you haven't seen him, go back and watch his last Contender Series fight, as well as the fights that preceded that. Uh, I believe his last fight was a finish, and it was a violent one. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of Philip Hawes. Young in his career, 9-2. and two, A great prospect for the UFC at middleweight. Then we start off in the main card. I think this main card is stacked with talent. Great, great talent. We start off at middleweight. Punheli Soriano against Dusko Todorovic. Uh, somebody's O's got to go. These guys, I expect a war. Both guys able to get their finishes in their UFC debuts, which were their last fight. Um, I expect these guys to come out swinging and really try to put on a show. Uh, the They're the first fight on ABC. I think that this one is going to be a banger. Then we continue in middleweight. Joaquin Buckley against Alessio DiCirico. Listen, I'm excited to see more Joaquin Buckley. But this Alessio DiCirico is so much bigger than him. Like, the face-off today I saw, he is just so much bigger than him. But he really has to go in there and really show something. He dropped his last three. I think if he drops one more, he's out of there. So uh, Joaquin Buckley, I expect him. You know, I think that coming off of that incredible knockout, knockout of the year, to then come back and finish his opponent once again, I think for him that that pressure and that weight of overcoming that knockout is over, and now he can perform to the best of his abilities. I'm looking forward to see more of Joaquin Buckley. I hope that he is extremely busy this year. I think if we're still in pandemic mode, I think that these guys who are really Billy, bi uh, I'm sorry. I think that these guys who were really busy last year are going to be just as busy, if not more, this year from the gate because they saw the success that they had when they continued to fight over and over, back to back last year, that this year they're going to want to replicate that. I see guys like him, Kevin Holland, Giga Chikatsi. I cannot wait. This is going to be great. At welterweight, we have the return of a former contender. We haven't seen him fight I believe, for two years now. In his last fight, he beat the crap out of Neil Magny. But uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio back against Li Jingliang. Li Jingliang getting starched in his last fight. Um, 
but I think it's unfortunate for him that he has to be the first person to fight Ponzinibbio on his way back. Ponzinibbio looks great. He changed his nickname. I think that he's coming in with something to prove. Welterweight has another contender with him returning. So from contenders to old grizzled vets, this fight should be a fun one. This is a fight that everyone sees. And if you saw the stare down, uh, it looks like these guys are ready to, to scrap. Matt Brown versus Carlos Condit. Matt Brown, I totally expect for him to starch Condit. Uh, yes, he did drop that fight to Miguel Baeza. But guess what? Anybody would have dropped that fight to Miguel Baeza. Uh, I think he looked good before getting dropped. Um, and Carlos Condit got his first win in like seven years in his last fight. So I'm looking forward to this. These guys, I completely think that they call it a quit after this fight. Uh, but it should be a good one leading up to that. And then in the main event, I can't believe I'm saying this. Max blessed Holloway against Calvin Cater. This has Fight of the Night written all over it. I don't see how anything else eclipses this matchup. We're talking about Max Holloway, who throws some of the most volume-wise significant strikes in the game. And then we have Calvin Cater, some of the best boxing in the featherweight division. Uh, he looked fantastic in his last fight. Uh, Max Holloway, a lot of people thought that he could have won his last two fights um, to Alexander Volkanovsky. Neither here nor there. There's their losses on his record, so I'm not going to argue them. Uh, but Calvin Cater looking fantastic coming off of that Zabit loss. He destroyed Jeremy Stevens, and now he's coming for Max Holloway. Um, I think it's really hard to bet against Calvin Cater, but I have a thing where... I can't bet against Max Holloway because he is just so good in that division. There's a reason why he's still cutting that weight to 145 because he's the king of that division. He is fantastic. He can't be stopped. And I think that this is going to be a war. You know, that that um, gif of him versus Ricardo Lamas has been popping up a lot lately because it just shows the kind of fighter he is. I 100% see that happening with him and Calvin Cater. Now, Calvin Cater is a power puncher. I think he hits a lot harder. So, <clears throat> yes, he's shorter, but I think he's a lot more stocky. Max will have a little weight on him, but I'm curious to see if Cater's power can affect Max Holloway. Um, this, if anything, fight of the night, this is going to be a great, great fight at 145 and possibly the next challenger for Alex after Brian Ortega or Brian Ortega, depending on who wins that fight. So whoever wins this fight should be the next title challenger. That's this Saturday, but we also have a card next Wednesday, which I am looking forward to. We have in the main event, Michael Chiesa against Neil Magny. This fight obviously getting moved up due to the cancellation of the Hamzat-Leon Edwards fight. So 
this fight moves up. I think this is great. We haven't seen Michael Chiesa in a while. Neil Magny has looked great in his last few fights. I think this is a perfect position for these guys. A Wednesday card, very rare Wednesday card. I think that these cards do great. I'm looking forward to seeing a card on a Wednesday because it's been so long. Um... I just want to see a war. Michael Chiesa, obviously, great jiu-jitsu. Neil Magny, obviously, great hands. This should be a good one. Um, the rest of the card, not too, you know, shiny, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. That just means that these guys have to perform and really make us notice them, which I enjoy. So in the co-main event, we have Worley Alves against Manir Laziz. I'm excited to see Laziz once again. And then... More notable names, um, Roxanne Modafferi against Vivian Arujo. And then in the prelims, I believe there's only a few notable names. Uh, Mike Davis, he beat the crap out of Thomas Gifford about a year ago. And then we have the cousin of Khabib, this fight, getting moved over off of the Connor card to the prelims on this card. Umar Nurmagomedov. Um, if you listen to DC and Helwani, DC says Umar is the best of that family. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. As well as Doucha Lagiambola versus Marcus Perez. Uh, Doucha, a former champion, I believe, in Africa. Uh, I think he dropped his last fight, but before that he was looking great. Uh, we have Sumadarji back. That was a quick turnaround. We have Ricky Simone. And then in the headliner for the prelims, we have Amari Akhmedov against Tom Breeze in the middleweight division. So a lot of MMA coming up. Obviously, we'll cover the Connor card next week, um, as well as all the news leading up to that. Stay tuned. Stay locked. If it's your birthday, happy birthday. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you next week.